Ah, great question, huh? Why do we exist? What are we here for? What is the purpose of this life? And so, and I love the guy's answer at the end because uh, really, I mean, who are we in our own minds to think that we can actually figure out why we're here? And uh, if we're trying to do that, it, that might be a big mistake. So, uh, so that, and again, as Brad said earlier, what we're doing is uh, we just, we have had this website out there called questiongod.tv that for the last, wow, I think almost six weeks now that people have been posting their questions on there and we're addressing those. So I, I want to, uh, before I jump into the message, actually read for you some of the questions that have come out um, from that message, uh, from that website for our service today. Um, here's one. Is there really a God? Really? Because if there was, would he allow such things as transformers too? Okay, yeah, that was supposed to be funny. Um, and then uh, here's another one. Why are we mammals? I want to lay eggs. So uh, number three, why did God create New Jersey? That is a, that is a good question. Um, P.S. How is God answering these? Does he have the internet? Um, and then the last one here. So God, how did you pick these little people to be your little helpers? <laughs> I love that one. I feel like I should have a little pointy hat on or yeah, something as a little elf here. Um, and as we've shared before, um, we are not claiming to have all the answers by, by any means. But what we're trying to do through this series is look and see what God has to say. And, um, but let me, let me actually read you now some of the questions that stirred us to address what we're going to address today. It says, what was God doing before the beginning of creation? Very interesting question. Uh, here's another one. Where did God come from? Who made God? The God? Was he ever on an earth just like us and worked good enough to become a God? What if God was not there? Why do I believe in karma so much and do so much for the world and so much service, but those who are complete rude people always are successful? Is God just the God of our planet, and are there more gods in charge of other planets? What is this all about? Where did we come from? Where are we going? And what does it mean to be good? What proof can you offer me other than a man-made book? How can I become more in tune with God and with what he wants to do with my life? How do you determine your life's purpose? If you deviate from the path, does it cause depression? Then here's some other ones that kind of really challenge. Uh, they were really interesting to me as they really challenged God here. God, I guess it makes sense that you wouldn't be God if you were merely following directions. Will I learn to be more like you if I simply trust and obey? Or if I learn to trust my own inner sense, not necessarily always doing what I think you want me to do? You know, that's, I mean, it's, um, what's going to happen there? Here's another one. And on a different note. Why do so many religions portray God as so petty as to require belief in order to dole acceptance? That seems more a tool of obedience to an organized religion than a trait one could prescribe to a benevolent and secure deity. Uh, These last two are really, I love these. There seems to be some sense to the idea of a supreme intelligence creating everything, being everything, and being everywhere. But any conception of being that entity from my perspective, sounds horribly god-awful. Endless time and endless power sound hideously boring. So then the only thing that makes sense, since in the big picture there's no reason for anything existing, and no reason that existence should exist, are we simply a way that God, or I mean you, stupefy itself, or yourself, in order to keep from murdering itself? (laughs) Um, 
And then this one. Why did God create humans for the sole purpose of testing their love for him? We are less than 1% of his creation. There is so much beauty in the world and universe. And yet all he cares about is humans and making sure that they don't partake of some of the beauties of this world that he made for us. And that we believe in him above all evidence and sciences that appear in this world that he's created. That was his plan. Make humans, then make them prove their love and blind faith for him so that they may be rewarded later. So he's narcissistic, basically. A psychotic one. Why should I worship someone like that? And then uh, just boom, boom, a couple, last four. Seriously, what is the point of life? What is the meaning of life? Is it really our place to presume that we know what God wants for us? And then why me? Why here? Why now? So that's why we decided to tackle this issue after we read these questions that came into our website about who, who is this God and what was he thinking? <laughs> what was he doing before he was up there? Before, before he created this world? And why did he create this thing? And now I'm here and if there is this God, then I want to figure out what my purpose is and how do I figure that out and go through that whole mess. And so um, I'm not sure where you're at on those questions. Um, if someone came up to you on the street and stuck a microphone in your face and said, why do you exist? Uh, if you would know exactly how to answer that, I'm hoping by the end of the time today that you will at least understand what um, Jesus Christ, because this as a Christian church, what we believe that God has revealed to us about why we're here and what he was thinking, and what his purpose was. And, um, I, and I'm really, really excited uh, to share uh, what we've got here today. So before we jump in, let's pray, and let's ask God again to go deeper into our own heart and our own mind, and maybe our own perceptions um, that might not be right. And so God, thank you for being here today, and we thank you for your presence in this room. We believe that you're here. And again, we believe that you love every person. And as, as we're going to share today, we, we believe that you have a purpose. Not only in generally creating the world, but for every person who's here today, specifically. So I'm just asking, again, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would come into this room and, um, and that you would do what only you can do. That you would reveal what's really true about yourself and that you'd help all of us to have a better understanding of who you are and what this life is all about. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, obviously, one of the things that we're presupposing today is that there is a creator. Um, a lot of the people on our website uh, don't believe that there is a God or anybody who created the world. And so that is a different topic. So if you're here today and, and, and still are questioning whether God really exists, um, we have tackled that issue before, and you can check that out um, on our website and past messages. So today, we're obviously presupposing that there is a creator because these questions actually presuppose that there was one. So, um, let me start off by this. Uh, Anytime anything is created, um, one of the things that you can try to do is is you look at it and try to figure out why why it's there. Like, somebody created this thing. I mean, and that's amazing, right? Do you guys know why somebody created this? Why did they create this? Pete, why did they create this? To communicate. All right, what's that? To make money. All right, let's try. Okay, absolutely. Perfect. I mean, there, and it's so funny because I am like the most untechnological per, I see, I can't even say the word, uh, person that there is. And so I use this because I get to talk to people and, you know, and I can email and text people and that's about it. And it's so funny for me because 
this thing will do so much more than I have any idea of what it'll do. You know, I push this little button right here and it takes me to all these, where is it? There, um, let's see, there. So I, 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 you know, I hit that and all of a sudden all these different things pop up on my screen that I could do and I have no idea. Now I could find out because whoever created this thing had a reason for it and there's so many things that I could use that, that would benefit me in my life if I would figure this out. Um, I found this in my garage. Somebody, somebody created this. Anybody have any idea what this is? Anybody? Yeah, what is it? It's, it's a furniture roller. Okay, awesome. See, now, out of, uh, I don't know how many are in here, 100, 150 people, two people rose their hand. They knew what this was. See, I, I found it in my garage. I'm like, Susie, what's this? I go, this will make a great illustration because I have no idea. But actually, I had some idea because I looked at it. And I saw these, these rolly things, you know, wheels down there. And I'm like, okay, either it goes like this and my toy, my little son can play with it, right? And uh, maybe it's a toy for him and I'll wrap it up for Christmas. Um, but then I remembered that my uh, mother-in-law dropped off a, a large freezer, you know, one of those big, huge freezers for our, uh, uh, to put in our garage. And that's when I thought, ah, see, you, you can look at this and you can, you can examine it and you can see a few things that make sense. And then you can start to put it together. But you guys knew what it was. Okay, because you probably, have you used these before? Okay, excellent. All right. How about this thing? Anybody have any idea what this is? What is it? From a toy grader? No kidding. That, do you know that for sure? You do? It does look like that. You guys, thank you. I, I, this is hilarious. My wife bought this. <laughs> my, you know, my wife buys the craziest stuff. All I had to do was ask her for some props for today. Because if anything's like less than a buck, she buys it, you know? And uh, so, so I, this, that is awesome. Now, you know why she bought this for me? This is so, she actually got this for me for my birthday. Because I am one of those guys who spends more time than maybe anybody looking for my glasses. Anybody else misplace your glasses? And every time you need to leave, where are my glasses? You know, and you're all stressed out. See, she wanted to hang it on the wall like this so that I could put my glasses on it. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. She's so creative. That's hilarious. So, but it's, it's so funny. You know, I was, at, I was at Home Depot yesterday, and I'm not handyman guy. You know, I can go down any aisle and look at something and go, what's that for? You know, somebody knows. Uh, some of you guys, you know, you can walk into a cooking store, and half the stuff in there, you'd go, what, what's that for? Because you just don't know. But you can look at it, and you can start to get some evidence. And when you do, then all of a sudden you go, oh, you created that to cook. <laughs> that's what that's for. Oh, you created that to build something. You, know, you get into the mu- music, musical world as well, like all this stuff up here. I'm sure I could have asked any, like Brad, I, just, I could have said, hey, give me something that nobody else will know what it is. And you would have found that. But every musician would have known. Oh, because you created that to make music. And so we can look at some things, you guys, and get some ideas. So here's what I want to start with today. Why are we here? One of the things that we can do is take a look at our world and get some ideas. I'm totally stealing this from a guy named N.T. Wright in a book that he called Simple Christianity. And uh, he came up with four signposts. In other words, four things that we can look at in our life, in our world, and they seem to be pointing to something. If, you, if, you, if you'd want to look at it that way. The first one is this. The thirst 
which reminds me, I think I'll take some of this. Thank you. The, uh, the thirst for spirituality. All through the history of mankind, there has been this sense that there's something beyond us, something transcendent. <clears throat> and so one part of the question is why? Why have human beings had this sense that there's something beyond us? <clears throat> and not only that, but a, a thirst for something that's not just scientifically proven, but something that actually gets to my emotions, this part, this other part of me, my soul, my imagination, this, 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 what we would say, a spiritual side of who we are. And if there's a spiritual side to who we are, and not just a physical side to who we are, that might be one signpost that says, well, maybe there's something spiritual. Maybe there's a, something transcendent, something beyond us. The second signpost that he came up with was the cry for justice. And that no matter who you are and what culture you live in, everybody has a sense of what's right and wrong. Now, we don't agree on those. <laughs> That's not what I'm getting at. But what he's just trying to say is, for some reason, it seems if we would look at <clears throat> every human being and look at our culture, there's always a sense that there's something that's right and there's something that's wrong. And it exists everywhere. And so there maybe is a signpost to say that maybe there is something that actually is a law that's beyond us. Maybe there's something that's actually right <laughs> in the world. And if we could find that, maybe that'd help us to understand. The third signpost that he came up with was just the awe of beauty. I, I, went, I went golfing yesterday on maybe the most beautiful golf course I've ever seen. Anybody played Red Ledges before? Anybody? I'm telling you, it's a private course. Find somebody who's in that club and go there. I mean, the whole day, was yesterday not a beautiful day anyway? I mean, it didn't even matter where you were yesterday. I mean, the sky was as blue as uh, nothing I've got on, but it was really blue. And uh, the temperature was absolutely perfect. And this golf course is just winding up and down these, the, these kind of foothills and these mountains with red ledges, you know, everywhere. With uh, the Timpanogos uh, in the back with the, you know, the, the snow all over. I mean, I'm just, all day long, I'm just sitting out there just going, this is so beautiful. See, there's something that, that just grabs us when something is beauty. Music, like the song. That was beautiful, Brad. <laughs> it was awesome. It was. That, that opening song fun. That was awesome. That was awesome. Way to go. But I mean, be- like music. My wife and I, I was, I was laying in bed two nights ago and uh, just playing around iTunes. And uh, all of a sudden, I found this, this new couple that I'd never even heard. I can't even remember their names. New, totally new to me. And I, and I put on their music, and immediately, both Susie and I just went, wow, what is that? I sat and listened to those dumb 30-second clips, you know, you get on iTunes. <laughs> I listened to those for about a half hour, because there was just something about that music that took me to another place. You know, you can see beauty, you can hear beauty. And when you, when it, when it, when you encompass it, there's something as well that just makes you go, man, that is that's good. That's really good. Watching Barry Sanders run with a ball. That's beautiful. It's good. And so again, N.T. Wright was just saying, there's something inside of us as well that actually goes, it goes beyond science to a deeper part of who we are and calls us to maybe there's something good that's just pleasurable. The fourth signpost that he came up with is just the fact that we long for relationship. We long for it. 
Somehow we sense that we're created for each other. I say this all the time at K2. You know, the worst punishment that the, the justice system can put out outside of, you know, ending your life is to put you in solitary confinement. A human being made to be alone is the worst possible thing that could ever happen. So when you look at these things, this thirst for spirituality, transcendence, I'm, these are the words I'm going to use, transcendence, and then something that's right and something that's good and something that's love that we just seem to long for, he was saying maybe those are signposts that would help us to see something that's beyond us. And if we can figure that out, then maybe that'll help us to figure out why we're here. So my question is, with the, in, as we've been talking through this whole series, God gave us, when he created us, he gave us intellect and reason and the freedom to choose. And that's part of what gives us dignity as human beings. But when we think about the purpose of life, you guys, could it be, since we're presupposing there's a creator, could it be that the creator of this world is transcendent and righteous and good and loving. If we sense that everywhere we look in humanity. And that's what we're going to look at today. Now, as we've been saying here, as followers of Christ and believers in the Bible, one of the things we had to do, just like the guy at the end said, it would be ridiculous for me to presuppose that I can figure out what God was thinking. <laughs> My opinion would matter not much. And I would totally agree. And I'm, I'll just... I don't think our opinions matter much on this, on this topic. We have to see what he has said. So that's where we're going to kind of go today. The first verse I want to read for you is Revelation chapter 4, verse 9. Revelation is the last book in the Bible. It's a wacky one. If you're new to Christianity, do not read it first. You will never read anything else again. Um, it is a prophetic book. It is a, a, a book of apocalyptic literature. Man, I'm doing good today. Literature. It is very symbolic in its nature. But it takes us into the heavenly realms to try to understand some things about God. And it starts off here and it says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, and I, again, I, I don't have time at all to get into Revelation. But basically there's a whole lot of symbol here that's saying that the rulers, the elders, everything that's created centers their whole worship and their being around God. They lay down their crowns, right? So it means no matter what kind of authority or position I have, when it comes to God, I lay it down. And then it says this, and they said, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created, and they have their being. By your will they were created. Now think about this, guys. Um, any of us who've ever created anything, because you thought of it, you had the idea, you knew why you were doing it, you knew what its purpose was, and so when you finally designed it and came up with it and you put it together, you, it was by your will that it was created. And the same thing is true about God. He has ideas, he has thoughts, and he has purposes that he puts things out. He gets to decide what it's for. And one of the hardest things, I think, in, in, for us as human beings is to come to the realization when we're trying to figure out, what am I here for? Is that actually this whole thing isn't about you. And yet that's what we, we do often is we make our life about us. I said this three weeks ago. 
uh, I think it was, uh, right, it was our um, anniversary service, that if I think my life is about me, you know, and I meet you, then you need to understand that this world is about me. And you need to revolve your whole meaning and your purpose around me. And that's just absolutely ludicrous. You just, man, you want to screw up your world, think it's about you. Because <laughs> everybody else is thinking it's about them, and that causes a major problem here. So, and I think this is where we get at this. We go, it's all about God. And so the people who write the question, I knew it. He is narcissistic. He is. <laughs> why would I want to serve and worship a God like that? Well, let me give you maybe an idea of why. Why are we here? And what were we created for? I think it does have something to do with transcendence and righteousness and goodness and love. Okay, I'm going to give you three passages. And looking through the scriptures, three passages that seem to show what we're created for. The first one is here in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. It says this. He is the image of the invisible God, and is talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. See, if I decide to create something, and I'm the creator, then, then this uh, toy, toy grater, thank you very much, this toy grater doesn't get to say, no, I'd like to be a, a glass holder. No, actually, I guess it could. My wife's making that decision. But when you create something, when you do that, the creation, though, doesn't get to tell you what it's for. That's not his job. And here God says, I just want to tell you, when I created you, because by me, all things were created, I created you for me. I created you for me. See, and so if you're sitting here and you go, what was he thinking? And why am I here? I think one of the things we have to deal with is he says, he just says, you're here for me. And you can sit there and go, man, that is so, I know it, he's self-centered, but what about this though? But if God is righteous, see, I know I don't even think we like that word. But if God does everything right. See, that sounds better than righteous, doesn't it? If God just does everything right. If God is beautiful and does good things. And if God is love. And then he says, and I created you for me. You know, one of the coolest things for me is I sit there and I think, then God created me for him to love. I'm created for him. So you guys remember some other things in the scriptures. When Jesus came to the earth, he said, no, listen, I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve. I came to love. So we were created for him, by him, for his purposes. And you guys, the other thing is God's purposes, his purposes are good, and they're right, and they're loving. And I was created for that. And then the last thing it says, and in him all things hold together. See, and that's part of it too. See, when everything goes right, you know, I mean, when you say, hey man, that went, that went really good. You know, I walked in this morning, ran into Brad, ran into Andy, went over to the Adventure Canyon off. My first thing is, this, hey guys, how's it going this morning? Brad goes, man, it was a good morning. Andy's like, man, everything's put together. I walk in, it's like, man, 
Everything went right. Everything went good. See, when that happens, you're like, hey, this is awesome. How's your marriage? See, when, when you're acting right, and when you're acting good, and when you're acting loving, what happens? Your marriage holds together. And when somebody decides to do things that are wrong... And when some, somebody decides to do something that's bad or be ugly or someone decides not to love, what happens? It falls apart. <laughs> See, so when God says, hey, I just want to let you guys know, I created you for me because my purposes are good and right and loving. So if you actually center your life around me, it's going to work. I'm going to hold everything together. So that's one of the reasons you're here is for him. And he wants to be involved with you. Okay, here's a second passage. Why are we here? What was I created for? First of all, you're created for him. Secondly, you're created to be holy. Ooh, and I just know y'all went, oh, awesome. I love that word, holy. Okay, look at this passage. Paul says, don't be ashamed. Of, it's in 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 10. Don't be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel. And the gospel, again, is just this really good news about Jesus Christ. He goes, by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. And look at this. And this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Interesting. Before the beginning of time, God had a purpose. (laughs) And what was it? It says, here's my purpose. I'm going to save you, and I'm going to call you to a holy life. What does holy mean? You know, the the word holy, at its base meaning, means to cut. You you take a piece of scissors, and you cut it. Because when you cut it, it separates it. And the word eventually came, what it means is, God says, when I call you to a holy life, what I'm doing is I am separating you unto myself. That's what holy means. Holy means you belong, I keep hitting this, Holy holy means you belong to me. You are separated from here. So basically what God does, he goes, There's, I'm going to cut this in two. And this is me and this is everything that's good and right and loving. And this is not me. And this is everything that's not good and it's not right and it's not loving. And what I'm calling you to is this. Because <laughs> I created you for me and I, caught, I also had a purpose in mind. And the purpose was that you would be holy. In other words, that you would live like me. So why are you here? Because before God even created time, he thought, I want you to be like me. I'm going to create you for me so I can love you, so I can put all of that into you, and then so that you can be good and right and beautiful and loving. And you're called to that. That's partly why we're here. He, has, he says, I had an eternal purpose for you to be set apart to me. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Because God, when he thought of David Michael Nelson, he said, man, I'm going to call that dude to a holy life. Now, here's the third one, right on the tails of this. Why are you here? You're created for him. You're created to be holy. And here's the third one. You are created for his glory. In Isaiah 43, starting halfway through verse 6 and verse 7, God says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Now, 
What does glory mean, you guys? You know what glory is? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing word because we don't use it at all, hardly very much in our, in our culture in today. But if you open the Bible, glory is all over the place. And I, if I could put it in one tiny little phrase, glory is the presence of God being manifest. See, when God created the world, we get to see his glory because that was his idea. All day yesterday, I saw the glory of God. It was awesome. But what he's saying here is I created you for my glory. What's the purpose of life? Why am I here? Because God is saying, I want my presence to be in you. And you know what? And every time you do what's right because I'm right, and every time you do what's good because I'm good, and every time you love because I'm love, that's good. It's beautiful. It's right. It's pleasing. It's the glory of God. And you and I are created down here to get to live that type of life. That's why we're here. There's a great classic quote from the Saint Irenus, who is back in like 100 and something AD. People have used it forever, and it says this, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. Do you know anybody like that? I mean, do you you know anybody that just looks like, man, they are fully alive. They just, they live in a way that just seems right. They live in a way that's beautiful. They do, they're just good. I'm telling you, one of the guys I I golfed with yesterday, I got done and I was hanging out with some people last night who know him as well. I said, man, I tell you, Greg Spencer, I think is the nicest guy I have ever met in my life. And, and immediately, every, the other two people who knew him said, absolutely, no question. One worked with him for 10 years. He is. He's the nicest guy I've ever met. And then they said, you know what? They threw a 50th birthday party for him. A hundred people flew in just to be at that party. And do what? To tell Greg Spencer, you're the nicest guy I've ever been in my life. I mean, this guy is the real deal. When you run into a guy like that, you go, that's good. <laughs> and what he does is he, he blesses the world. You guys, here's what I realize. The glory of God is a man fully alive. A woman fully alive. And and, and so here's what I realized. It's God's presence of righteousness and goodness and love in me. And you know what happens? And This is something I tell myself all the time. I don't know if this will work for you. I say this all the time in my prayers. Like when I'm getting ready for my day. And I'm seeking God and I'm going to... Pump into my day, and I usually try to pray through my whole day. You know, every meeting I'm going to have, and who I'm going to hang out with, every task I've got to do, and just think through my whole day. And then what I realize, and I'll ask this, I'm like, God, because if you will live in me today, through the Holy Spirit, if you'll do that today, then I know that my life will give you glory. People will run into Dave Nelson, and they'll actually taste and see that the Lord is good. You know what? And I do that. You guys do that too. Sometimes you run into somebody and they're so alive that you just go, man, the Bible says it'll reflect up to God. And you and I have a chance every single day to live such a life that reflects it to God and it'll give God glory. Here's the second thing I know, and this is why I pray it. If I'll live like that today, if I'll be do righteous, if I'll live righteously and good and beautiful and loving, then I'm going to bless everybody I run into. So number one, it'll bring God glory. 
Secondly, it'll bless everybody. Do you guys know that? I mean, Susan and I, just, just recently, we went into, into the store. You know, you ever walk into a store and have a divine moment? And, and I've had divine moments just with the person who's working in the store who's fully alive. <laughs> you ever walk in the store and the person could care less that you're even there? You know, like, I'm telling you, when we first moved here, going to Home Depot was like a divine moment. Because we came to Home Depot, and a guy did this to me again on Friday. I walked in, he came to me and said, can I help you? I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys go to Home Depot in Detroit and see if anybody's going to help you. I mean, you walk into Home Depot in Detroit, and they go, they're like, they're like cockroaches going into hideout because you can't find anybody to help you. It's unbelievable. But when you walk into a place, and somebody's full, it, it just blesses you. And I know that I have a chance, if I'm kind and loving and thinking, if I'm acting in good and righteous ways that God has, I will bless you. And when I'm all stuck on myself, and I'm not doing what's right and not doing what's good, you're not going to want to run into me. See, why are you here? Because if you're for him and created to be holy, to live like him, so that you'll bring him glory, you bring him glory so other people get drawn to God. Secondly, you just get to bless everybody else. And then you know what? And here's the other wild part. You put your head on the pillow at night and you know, that was a good day. You were fully alive. (laughs) And here's what's so great about God. Why are you here? Because he wants you to be fully alive. And how does that happen? It happens if we get connected to the God who's right and who's good and who's loving and who can make us that same way. And then I sit there and I think, but how do we live? Come on, let's be honest with it. I mean, are you like me? Do you wake up every morning and go, God, I can't wait to love everybody today. I'm telling you, my wife bought decaf coffee yesterday. Yeah, it was horrible this morning. I'm up at five morning like I normally am trying to get ready. I'm like, I just sat there for two hours. That was, I mean, you wake up in the morning sometimes, you don't care about anybody else. And you guys, so how do we live? For, for, for him. No, 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 for us. How, how do you live? Often, we're not living righteously or good or loving. We're messed up people. How, how many of you wake up in the morning, oh, I live for the glory of God today. No, you know what? Most of us wake up and they go, how do I get the glory? How do I make the money? How do, I, how do I make myself better? How do I get up on the ladder? How do I show how good I Look at me. See, that's what screws everything up. Because it's so not like God. It's broken. The world's broken. Things aren't the way they're supposed to be. We are so separated from this God. So why am I here? Let me give you one, one more verse. One more big clue. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Starting with 10. It says, his intent. There we go. God had an intent. He had a reason. He had a purpose. His intent was that now through the church. What's the church, you guys? You know what the church is? The church is every single person who has received Jesus Christ into their life. That's what the church is. Ultimately, that's the true definition of the church, is any person who has Jesus Christ living inside their heart. And now we form together and we become the church. His intent was that now through the church, The manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So this is what's wild, you guys. You know, why are you here? Because God said, I want to show. Actually, let me show you. The manifold wisdom should be made known to who? The rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Okay, you want to get spiritual for a minute? Why are you here? Because God says, you know what? I have this amazing idea. And I can't wait to share my manifold wisdom, which nobody else can get, 
to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. And you know how I'm going to do it? Through us. Through you, the church. My whole purpose for you was so I could show my manifold wisdom to people way beyond you. And then he says, how? According to his eternal purpose. God had a purpose and it was eternal. And he says, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. What are we here for? What's my purpose? You guys, when God came down to the earth in Jesus Christ, he accomplished his eternal purpose in Christ. And what did he accomplish in Christ? What did he accomplish? He brought us near to God. We were not righteous, we were not good, and we were not loving. We were not perfect in those ways. We were full of sin. And Jesus Christ came and said, you guys are separated from God and it's not working, so I'm going to bring you back to God. You guys, if that's true, then why are we here? You are here. I am here. According to the Christian teaching, according to Jesus, why are we here? We are here to know God. What God said was, I'm going to create every single one of you. And you are here for me to love And you are here for me to set apart so that you'll love. And you are here for me to reveal my glory through you so you'll bless everybody around you and so that you'll be fully alive. That's why we're here. The best that I can understand of our purpose for our existence was to be in a relationship with God. And what's amazing to me, you guys, then what is it all about? What is it all about? It is all about love. It's all about love. The greatest example of love was Jesus Christ saying, I know you could care less about me. I'm going to die for you anyway because I love you. It is all about love. And then that love he brought back. Because once you love God, once you've received God's love, and once you love him, he says, because if you love me, you'll obey me. Which means all of a sudden, okay, I start doing what's right, and I start doing what's good, and I start doing the loving thing. And then he gets glorified, others gets bl- other people get blessed, and I'm fulfilled. And now here's the key, you guys. This only happens if you don't live for yourself. This can only happen. The purpose of God can only happen if you don't live for yourself. Because that's the way of the Creator. That's how God is. In His nature, what does the Bible tell us? God is love. So can I just totally blow your brain for a minute? See, because when we talk about who God was, what was he doing beforehand? That dude must have been so bored. I mean, did you create things so you wouldn't kill yourself? Because that would just sounds like the most unbelievable existence. I love that guy's question. What was he doing up there? See, but what we don't understand about God, you guys, and this is the uniqueness, again, of Christianity, is that the Christian teaching has been that God has been triune, a trinity, a relationship within himself and his nature. See, and we get to that and we go, whoa, how, what? You know, yolk, white, shell, egg. You know, is that how it works? Water, steam, ice, all the same. We, go, we, we try to figure it out. See, the problem has been with the Trinity is we've tried to take something transcendent and spiritual and make it physical. Let me, let me figure out. That'd be like trying to say something about love is like an egg. No, it's not. But I can tell you this. When you're totally tracking with your spouse 
And you're loving her with every fiber of your being. And she's loving you with every fiber of your being. What's happening? It's awesome. You know what it's called? What do we say? Man, we are so one. Right? We are so one. Okay. God, please help make this make sense. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for eternity before time love each other perfectly. The Bible says that they glorify the other. They always live for the other. And so was God up there just going, man, I'm so bored. I got nothing to do. No, God was experiencing something so wonderful, so awesome, so beautiful, so right that he couldn't contain it. That's my best guess. Like for me, I told everybody I know who golfs, you got to go golf red ledges. Why? Because it's unbelievable. You know, you need to go to Tin Angel Restaurant downtown. It's just, it's a great place. You need to see this movie. You need to listen to that song. What happens when you taste something that's really good? The very first thing you want to do is you want to share it with everybody else. And I think God, way before time, was sitting there going, man, love rocks. I rock. This is awesome. And I want to share it. I want to expand it. I'm going to create the world. Then I'm going to create all you people for me so I can just love you because I love to love. And then I'm going to set you apart to myself and let you to experience this too. So, Because, you guys, is there anything better in the world than falling in love and loving somebody with all your heart and being loved? Seriously, is there anything better? No. It is the greatest thing, as people have said, love is stronger than death. It's awesome. And so God created us because he said, I want you to be in relationship with me. I want to fill you with myself so that you can go and love. I want you to love me and I want you to love each other. So he just says, that's why you're here. And you're not righteous and good and loving and I am. And that's why I'm going to come down. I'm going to totally take care. I'm going to forgive you for all of your wackiness so you can get back together with me. And then you need to receive the power to actually do this. So I'm going to come and I'm going to live inside you. And I'm going to start to change you. I'm going to start to make you righteous and make you holy and make you good and make you loving. That's what God does. Because Dave Nelson isn't that. I'm, ugh. But in him and when I'm connected to him, I'm, I'm okay. But it's him and not me. And you guys, there you go. That's the best shot I got. I think that's why we're here. I'm supposed to love God with all my heart and soul, mind, and strength. And I'm supposed to love you like I love myself. And Jesus said, if you guys would do that, everything else take care of it. You'd be right. You'd be good. It'd all be beautiful. Oh, would the church be one? Because if the church would be one, the world would know. Because they were created to be one too. And that's why we're here. To give him glory, to bless everybody else, and to be fully alive. Bam, why don't you guys come up and let me read you one last passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. Oh, this is so good. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. See, again, some of the people were asking questions. What did God do? Did he, did he need to be loved and so he created us to try to prove our love to him? Do you guys understand? No, that's not why you're here. He didn't need anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. 
From one man, he made every nation of men. Why? Here we go. That they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Do you guys know? You live where you live and you live now because God thought, this good time for you to be alive. I'm going to create you now. And you are here, and he set you in this place at this time. And then why? God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. So as we close out our day today, my question would be, have you ever thought that I'm here now? Maybe even now, like right now. So that you might actually reach out to God. And so that you might find him. That you might seek him. And my question for you is, I said this from the very beginning. These questions are not going to be intellectual pursuits. They're going to be relational pursuits. Because God is all about love and he wants to be in that relationship with you. And so, have you ever sought after him? Have you ever reached out for him? And have you ever found him? And if you have found him, are you living for what you're here for? Do you center your life around Jesus and around God so that you make sure it doesn't center around you? Because those are your two options, really. I can center around, you know, God or I can center around me and it just, life doesn't work when we do that. But if all of us center around God, then we can orbit together in the way that we were meant to. And he will love you and you'll love. And that's why we're here. And so I'm just praying. Let me, God, I just pray in these next few minutes as we close today you might just speak to our hearts and help everyone here to know you are here for me. You are here for me so I can accomplish my good, right, loving purposes through you. You are here for me so that I can love on you, so that you can be for my glory, so that you can bless the world and so that you can be fully alive. And I just pray if there's anything else that's consuming your life, that it might fall apart. Well, actually it will. And then I pray that you might understand, God, help us to understand the purpose of our existence. You are good and right and loving. And we just want to worship you now and thank you and remind ourselves of why we're here in Jesus' name.